Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call. We plan to host monthly calls through early June. The next call will be held Thursday, June 6 at 1 p.m. If basin conditions warrant an ad hoc call due to an unexpected change, we will notify the region of the additional call. These calls are provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, and the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. The slides from today's call are on our website, www.nwd-mr.usace.army.mil/rcc, and are linked in the press release that was sent yesterday. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE dash NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines will be placed on mute during this call. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. We will have a question-answer session at the end of the call. Calls for questions will not be a part of the recording if none are asked. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide in this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. The agenda and presenter's names for today's call will be as follows. John Remus, Chief of the Corps Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Doug Cluck from NOAA's National Center for Environmental Information. Kevin Lau from the National Weather Service's Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. And representatives from the Corps Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. During the question and answer session at the end of this call, if there are questions that fall outside our purview for managing the Missouri River main stem operations, we may call upon the expertise of others on the line to answer your questions. With that, I will turn it over to you. John? Thank you, Arlene. Can you hear me? We can hear you. All right. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on the May excuse me, for the May 2019 Missouri River Basin Outlook Call. I am John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. I appreciate your participation today and look forward to your questions and comments. The Corps' Northwestern Division is committed to a better communication with the congressional delegations, tribes, states, and other basin stakeholders, and this call is just part of that effort. As Eileen mentioned, there will be a question and answer session after the presentations, and I encourage you to ask questions. This helps us improve all of our communication efforts and gives us some additional insight as to the concerns of the basin stakeholders. The Corps' number one priority is life safety, and due to basin conditions, flood risk management remains our primary operational consideration as we continue through the 2019 runoff season. It is important to understand that floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. Flooding due to spring and summer thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoirs. In late December, we posted the annual 2019 annual operating, operating plan on our website, 
and in April, we presented the AOP in a series of public meetings throughout the basin. In it, we describe our planned operation of the reservoir system under a wide range of runoff conditions. I would like to emphasize that it is a system, not six individual projects. It is also important to note that the annual operating plan is not intended to be a forecast for the coming year. Rather, it examines a range of potential runoff scenarios spanning 80% of the historic record and provides stakeholders an array of potential reservoir levels and releases that may be expected under various runoff scenarios. The annual operating plan also indicates how the reservoir system will be regulated to serve all eight congressionally authorized purposes to fulfill our responsibilities to the tribes and how we intend to comply with other laws such as the Endangered Species Act. In contrast to the annual operating plan, real-time regulation of of the reservoir system is done using the best available hydrologic and climatic information that is adjusted to and is adjusted to respond to changing conditions on the ground. Each month, and more frequently if needed, we produce updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts. Due to rapidly changing conditions during the March flood event, our office updated a number of products on a daily basis. This included our weekly update that we usually post on Tuesday. We've continued to update the weekly update on a daily basis since uh, the middle of March. However, because system and basin conditions are not changing at a rapid pace, we will return to publishing the weekly update on Tuesdays only. Late last week, we posted the May runoff and reservoir regulation forecast on our website, on our webpage, and earlier today, we put out a press release covering much of the same information we are covering on the call today. I will now turn the meeting over to Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau to discuss the weather outlook and river forecast. Doug? Thank you very much, John. Yeah, this is Doug Cluck from NOAA. I'm um, going to do a quick briefing here. Like usual, I'll give a quick briefing on uh, uh, current and past conditions and then a little bit of an outlook beyond that. So let's just go ahead <clears throat> to the next slide. Uh, since oh, about the beginning of February, uh, we've had... Uh, if you look at the image on the upper left, uh, cooler than normal conditions across uh, most of the basin, especially Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, where you see the purple colors and deeper purple, if you will. Uh, all the green also indicates below normal temperatures. This conference not, is being recorded. Only the main conference is recorded. But not as severe. Uh, the lower right-hand uh, image shows where precipitation, the percentage of precipitation, uh, percent of normal precipitation across uh, the area. And you'll see any place that is sort of a greenish color is above normal. And then once it sort of, again, reaches that purple or blue color, um, um, those percentages go up pretty rapidly uh, into 150 to 200 percent of normal in some places. Uh, You also see some areas that are a little bit drier. Again, this is the last three months, more or less, 90 days. uh, it's, North Dakota is a little bit drier than normal. Uh, places uh, across Kansas and Nebraska until, I'd say, yesterday and uh, last night uh, were relatively uh, dry, well, relatively dry over the last 90 days. So let's go to the next image. <clears throat> this is the last 30 days. Uh, again, on the left, you see a temperature uh, depiction 
a graphical temperature uh, depiction, and basically the northern part of the basin has stayed on the cooler side. Anything sort of greenish, again, to purple is cooler than normal, and the southern part of the basin has been uh, slightly above um, to, you know, reasonably above, uh, three or four degrees above in, in parts of Missouri, uh, above normal <clears throat> as far as temperature goes. And then on the right, uh, again, from the beginning, near the beginning of April through uh, yesterday, uh, you see that uh, uh, precipitation, uh, although widespread uh, across the region, really averaged, uh, or the percent of normal uh, was elevated across uh, south, uh, eastern, uh, well, most of uh, South Dakota, uh, Montana, uh, portions of Wyoming, but then a kind of a swath, if you will, of, of from Colorado through Nebraska, Kansas, of, of drier, in, even into Iowa, of drier than normal conditions. Uh, but then to the south of that, uh, across southeast uh, Kansas and, and, and most of Missouri, uh, wetter than normal conditions. So, uh, next slide. So um, how much does that precipitation matter? Well, it matters, of course, and, and we would like to see some drier conditions uh, across a lot of the area. Uh, this is a, these are both depictions of soil moisture uh, in the region, uh, actually across the whole U.S. And the image on the upper image on the left is uh, the, the purple areas are above normal in terms of uh, soil moisture. Uh, it's sort of an anomaly map of where it's wet. So uh, going into the spring, as you all know, uh, it's been a, a wet, actually a wet year up to this point, near record uh, uh, wetness across a large part of the U.S. Uh, and, and, and part of the at least the lower Missouri Basin. Um, and then on the right is a different type of depiction of soil moisture, uh, both of these sort of modeled with uh, model data. Uh, so they're not perfect, and they're, they're usually used at a broad scale as opposed to my backyard and looking at how, how wet the soil is. Nonetheless, uh, you can see by both depictions that uh, soil moisture remains for the most part over the plains, um, certainly the lower part of the basin, above normal, even though we saw uh, less than normal precipitation across uh, some of those uh, same areas. Um, that 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 probably that, that's trying to tell us that uh, we have deep soil moisture in a lot of places. Uh, we had a late earth start to the growing season. Uh, plants and all those things didn't start sucking the uh, moisture out of the soil yet very very much. So uh, uh, I just want to relate the fact that it remains relatively wet uh, e even uh, through today across at least the lower three-quarters of the basin or something like that in terms of soil moisture. Next next slide. Um, I know Kevin, I think Kevin might talk about this, but someone might talk about this. Uh, what I'll simply say is uh, uh, this is a snow, snow, snow water equivalent uh, percent of normal, and really the uh, – the basins are up in Montana that make the most difference, and they're about average in terms of snow um, still on the ground. Uh, uh, some of these percentages get a little misleading from here on out. We've already reached the peak. I think Kevin's gonna, Kevin Lau is going to uh, mention that, or someone will. Uh, we've reached the peak of accumulation, so it's all on the sort of melt side of the house now, even though more snow may could fall even into June. Uh, but the accumulation uh, stage at this point is 
on the on the decline. Uh, generally, normal, near normal, uh, maybe slightly above normal, uh, a snowpack uh, is still uh, uh, in the mountains at this point. So, next slide. Uh, this was uh, I put this in yesterday uh, afternoon. This has changed a little bit this morning. So uh, nonetheless, uh, what you're seeing here is that across the Missouri Basin, anyway, uh, there's a pretty good, uh, there was a very good chance of uh, continued heavy moisture, heavy precipitation, I should say, uh, across Kansas into Missouri and then into Iowa and such. So the lower basin is still sort of under the gun in terms of getting a lot more rain. Uh, from now uh, from now through about Thursday morning, and then um, not that it's uh, part of this basin, but uh, seven to ten inches down there on the Gulf Coast <laughs> later uh, this week. Uh, yes, and they don't need that. So, uh, next slide. Uh, these are the probabilities for what we call week two uh, for temperature and precipitation. Where you see the blue color on the left is where temperatures are. Uh, 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 forecast, uh, uh, the probabilities are higher that the uh, temperatures will be below normal in the blue areas. And this is for uh, May 14th to the 20th, so like a week from now, uh, week two, May 14th to the 20th. Uh, and then on the right, lower right, is the probabilities of uh, above normal precipitation. And Anywhere you see green, uh, especially the darker greens, there's more confidence in those those areas of wetter than normal conditions. So, uh, more or less, what we're saying for week two across the Missouri Basin is there a, is that there is a slightly enhanced uh, uh, probability of wetter than normal conditions for most almost almost all the basin there. And for the most part, uh, cooler to near normal temperatures except for a piece of, uh, or I guess Montana as, as a whole. So uh, that's week two. So if we flip to the next uh, slide, this will look at the entire, whoop, I guess I forgot about this. Uh, this is the hazards, we call this the hazards map, and I apologize if it's too small to really see it or it's not colored in very well. Uh, but you see some green lines on there. Uh, where the the area that the green lines are encompassing uh, have a greater risk for heavy precipitation. This is week two again. So again, lower part of the basin, uh, there is a slightly enhanced chance for heavy precipitation. Uh, and if you're down around the Gulf, uh, you can see that's a moderate chance of, of heavy precipitation down there. So extending up into Kansas and portions of Missouri, Mainly, that's the hazard map, or that's the that's where the chances are for heavy, more heavy precipitation actually are during that week. Next slide. Uh, this is for the entire month of May. Uh, these are again probabilities of temperature and precipitation. On the left, you see the temperature probabilities of being below normal. Uh, for basically most of the basin uh, are enhanced, and uh, that's a pretty strong 50% there uh, for that inner circle, that darkest blue color. So uh, chances are that May will turn out to be uh, cooler than normal uh, for for at least that area and, and actually most of the basin. And then uh, the lower right-hand corner is, uh, wherever you see green, is a enhanced probability of uh, 
of, of, of above normal precipitation in that in that area. Again, uh, we don't like to see those darker greens, especially when it's wet. Uh, those darker green colors kind of sneaking up into uh, eastern Kansas and Missouri there, and really the Mississippi Lower Mississippi Basin, which is they don't need it. Um, next slide. Uh, again, looking a little further out, May, June, July, uh, there is still that uh, area of cooler than normal, that blue color across the plains uh, of, of uh, below normal temperatures, uh, likely, uh, more likely than normal anyway. Uh, the EC stands for equal chances. There's not, a lot, there's not a strong trend there for warmer, cooler, or near, near normal. It could be any of those things. Uh, uh, again, the precipitation map on the lower right is more important, I think, in this case. Uh, it's a little disconcerting to see a bullseye, if you will, over Wyoming <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and, and sort of the High Plains region there. Uh, definitely a lot of that is in the Missouri Basin and then, of course, that uh, uh, some other shading uh, for the entire basin of above normal uh, precipitation through the May, June, July period. Now, I, I won't be able to tell you if that's going to all equal out over those 90 days, if it's going to be a really nice uh, even rainfall above normal throughout those three months, or if May and June are going to be exceptionally wet and July be dry. That's that's that doesn't We don't tell you that in this particular depiction. It's just an average over those three months of, of, of a, uh, probabilities above normal uh, for precipitation over the basin. Next slide. <clears throat> I think we just bumped, yeah. What we're doing is bumping one month into the future beyond the last one. So this is June, July, and August. Uh, really not much difference between this one and the last one. The probabilities for precipitation are slightly uh, lower, but they're still there for above normal precipitation, lower right uh, de depiction there. Uh, and then uh, equal chances mainly for the basin. Uh, uh, on on the left hand side, equal chances. So next slide. Uh, let's not talk about drought uh, at the moment. There is some sneaking into a few little places where you see some yellow there that are not quite in the drought category, but there are dry-ish areas. But uh, yeah, not really much to say, and nothing in the outlook really uh, important in terms of drought coming. So next slide. So um, one thing I didn't mention throughout this whole uh, discussion is that El Nino conditions, uh, they're actually going to continue uh, through the summer. That's the outlook anyway, which is unusual. Usually uh, when we have El Nino in the wintertime, uh, it sort of dies off and we kind of transition to a neutral phase. Why that's important is that there are some correlations with weather than normal conditions across the plains, especially in the spring. Um, so what we may be seeing in terms of uh, those predictions that we just saw for, those, uh, for the seasons, uh, being El Nino-oriented, uh, that may be enhanced slightly by the fact that there is an El Nino. Now, those correlations aren't really strong. It's not like if there's an El Nino, it's going to be wet, uh, but there there is a leaning that way. It gives us some um, something to forecast with. Um, snowpack I already mentioned, and uh, in terms of prediction, temperatures generally le leaning on the cool side. Uh, 
to and then near normal throughout the summer. Cool side early, and then leaning uh, t- towards normal as the summer sort of rolls along. And then in terms of precipitation, uh, week two lower basin looks wet. Uh, May is leaning wet, except for the far northern part of the basin, and then summer leaning leaning wet uh, for most of the basin. Uh, and I think that's it. Well, again, I, maybe there's one more. Yeah. And if you want an update on a lot of what I just talked about, plus a lot more, um, we do do these webinars if anybody wants to listen to them once a month. Uh, the next one is May 16th. Um, Martha Scholsky, the state climatologist from Nebraska, will be doing that presentation, and we might be lucky enough to have someone like Kevin Lau on there to give us an update, too, on the rivers and streams across the entire north-central U.S. Anyway, thank you very much, uh, and I think we're going to Kevin Lau. Thanks, Doug. Kevin? Yeah, can you hear me okay, Eileen? We got you. Okay. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Again, on behalf of the National Weather Service, uh, we wish to thank the Corps for inviting us to participate on these uh, on this series of calls. Um, so as Doug has already mentioned, uh, snowpack conditions in the mountains, uh, we're categorizing them as being near normal. Um, we did uh, attain the seasonal peak accumulated snow water equivalent uh, back in mid-April. And so, as Doug said, we're past the peak of the accumulation. That doesn't mean we're still not accumulating. Uh, We are, uh, but we are on the downward trend as far as the water equivalent that is remaining in the mountains. Uh, We're on the downward trend of that. Uh, The May water supply forecast developed by the National Weather Service was issued last week, and it projects a uh, near-average runoff volume uh, for the mountains. Uh, for 2019. That's the May through September volume. We are beginning to experience some melt at the mid-elevations, primarily 7,500 feet to uh, 9,000 feet. Uh, Mountain snow melt typically peaks in early June. At this point, we do not, as the National Weather Service, expect significant flooding due to the mountain snow melt. The eastern portion of the Missouri Basin continues to remain wet, as Doug pointed out. We still have ongoing flooding along the Big Sioux River in South Dakota and in Iowa, and we have ongoing flooding along the James River in South Dakota. But both rivers are on the uh, receding side. Um, They are in a slow-falling trend. The recent rains have resulted in uh, new flooding, minor to moderate flooding, along some of the smaller streams in east-central Kansas and in southern Missouri. The Missouri River itself remains in flood for most locations between Nebraska City and the mouth at St. Louis. The eastern portion of the basin remains at an enhanced risk for flooding. The southeastern portion of the basin, which includes eastern Kansas, southeastern Nebraska, western Iowa, and across the state of Missouri, will see episodic, on-again, off-again, moderate-level flooding through the summer due to thunderstorm activity. And this does include the Missouri River itself from Nebraska City to the mouth at St. Louis. Thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief the Missouri Basin. All right, 
Thank you, Kevin. I'll turn it over to Nicole. All right, you can do the next slide. The 2019 calendar year runoff forecast for the Upper Missouri Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 43.2 million acre feet, which is 170% of average. April runoff for the Upper Basin above Sioux City was 7.8 million acre feet, about three times the long-term average and the third highest April runoff summation in the 121 years of record keeping. Runoff in the Sioux City reach was 2.3 million acre feet, the second highest April runoff. The total March-April runoff for the Upper Basin was 18.7 million acre feet, which is greater than the previous highest March-April runoff volume of 15.9 million acre feet occurring in 1952. Finally, January to April accumulated runoff to date in the Upper Basin was 20.7 million acre feet, greater than the previous record high of 20.2 million acre feet that occurred in 1997. Existing wet soil moisture conditions, high tributary base flows, and spring and summer precipitation in the mountain snowpack are major factors in determining the May 1st forecast. The Sioux City Reach, which includes the James and Big Sioux River basins, is not regulated by the main stem system. This reach has been a major contributor to upper basin runoff above Sioux City, and we expect it to contribute greatly to the upper basin runoff during the spring and summer. During May, June, and July, mountain snowpack in the Fort Peck and Garrison reaches is the primary source of upper basin runoff. Next slide. The NOAA NLDAS soil moisture percentile map for May 1st, shown in slide 20, indicates soil moisture conditions in the Missouri Basin are wet and in some areas very wet. Compared to historic soil moisture conditions, soils are particularly wet in southeastern South Dakota, northern Nebraska, and northwestern Iowa, as well as areas of Montana and Wyoming. Soil conditions also continue to be above normal in the lower basin. If the soil is wet or very wet, infiltration from rainfall events is lessened and runoff into streams and rivers and eventually into the reservoirs is increased. The remaining frozen soil in the upper basin thawed in April and all late winter plain snow has melted. Next slide. In regards to the mountain snowpack, as of May 7th, the mountain swee was near average in both reaches. 100% of average in the Fort Peck Reservoir Reach and 97% of average in the Garrison Reservoir Reach. In the Fort Peck Reservoir Reach, Mountain Slee peaked at 105% of average on April 18th. In the Garrison Reservoir Reach, Mountain Slee peaked at 104% of average on April 17th. The melt is slowly beginning to occur. However, the colder than normal temperature outlook may slow the snow melt in the highest mountain elevations. Now we'll move on to slide 22 and Joel Knopchinski will discuss the May Reservoir System Regulation Study. Thank you, Nicole. Slide 23 shows the reservoir system storage, which is currently 64.6 million acre-feet or 8.5 million acre-feet into the 16.3 million acre-feet of available flood storage. Gavin's Point releases averaged 52,500 cubic feet per second in April. Releases are currently 55,000 cubic feet per second, and the forecast shows holding that release through May to continue evacuating water from the Oahe and Fort Randall flood pools. By reducing the pool levels in Oahe and Fort Randall, this will provide flexibility should Gavin's Point releases need to be reduced for short periods this summer and fall. The monthly studies for the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Nicole just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, 
we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. Turning to slide 24 and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck is currently at elevation 2241.2, or 7.2 feet above the base of the flood control pool, which extends from elevation 2234 to 2250. It is expected to peak near elevation 2244.8 in June. Peak daily average releases are expected to be about 12,000 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is currently at elevation 1846.6. It is expected to peak near elevation 1848.4, or 10.9 feet into the 16.5-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1837.5 to 1854. Peak daily average releases are expected to be about 36,000 CFS this summer. Owahi Reservoir is currently at elevation 1615.8. It appears to have peaked at elevation 1617.0 on April 21st, or 9.5 feet into the 12.5-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1607.5 to 1620. Peak releases are expected to average about 40,000 CFS this summer. Now to slide 25. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. Flows at the full service level are designed to provide a nine foot deep navigation channel. Because of the higher than normal runoff forecast, releases from Gavin's Point have been above full service levels to reduce the occupied flood storage at Oahe and Fort Randall. Based on the May 1 service level check, the service level was increased another 5,000 CFS to 20,000 cubic feet per second above full service levels. The higher service level will continue with Gavin's Point releases expected to be around 45,500 cubic feet per second this summer and fall, depending on downstream conditions. Releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding. However, the effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to travel time. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1 system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be above full service after the July 1st storage check and a 10-day extension to the eight-month navigation support season would be provided. Energy generation at the main stem dams for 2019 under the basic simulation is 12.3 billion kilowatt hours. This compares to the long-term average of approximately 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. Uh, I want to note that Big Bend currently has a full power plant outage that started today, uh, May 7th, and will go through May 10th, where all turbines will be offline for maintenance. During this time, all releases are being made through the spillway. Turning to slide 26, this shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, and this concludes my talk. Thanks, Joel. John, were you going to add anything after Joel? Star six to unmute your phone. Oh, yes, uh, sorry about that. Uh, 
Thank you, Joel, and thank you, Nicole. I'd also like to thank uh, Doug and Kevin for their insights and support on this call. Um, I and my staff will continue to monitor the conditions in the basin and will make any necessary changes as the uh, summer unfolds. Uh, that concludes our remarks. Thank you very much, and I'll turn it back to Eileen for the question and answers. Thanks, John. Uh, also, the uh, Missouri Basin update that's on the screen is posted to social media outlets each day as well, or each day that it is provided. Uh, the next call will be held on Thursday, June 6th. And this slide is the uh, list of speakers from today as well as the spellings for their names. We'll move into the question and answer session. Again, star six to unmute your phone. We'll start with congressional delegation members, tribes, state, local government officials, and members of, and then we'll move to members of the press. First uh, up, state of Iowa. Again, star six to unmute your phone. Kansas, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Again, star six to unmute your phone. Hey, Wyoming. this is Jerry. This is Jerry WNAX in Yankton. Sorry. That's okay. Hey, Jerry. All right. So, I guess question first of all on on the confluence of the Niobrara and, and the Missouri Lewis, Upper End of Lewis and Clark Lake. Has, has there been surveys done after the flood? Damages, changes. You know how that's going to affect stream flow coming down from Fort Randall. <clears throat> uh, this is John Remus. Uh, there have not been any surveys done to this point. Uh, the Oman District is uh, trying to uh, secure the resources to do that, but uh, to this, so far there has not been any surveys. Okay, then further on, every time there's an event, whether it's this year, 2011, there's always things that, that you learn from this, you know, where you're putting, uh, you know, taking notes from this, how it's gonna change operations in the future, you know, in other words, what have you learned so far this year? We uh, we are taking notes, and there will be a, an after-action review. We don't have anything to share at this time. And how about damages? There was damages after 2011, uh, Gavin's Point, Fort Randall, anything to you know be looked at at this point? Uh, those assessments have not been made yet. Okay, thanks. Right. Thanks, Terry. Uh, any questions from the state of Wyoming? And I'm going to go back through each state just in case uh, for media. So star six to unmute your phone. State of Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, again, star six to unmute your phone. North Dakota, South Dakota, 
Wyoming. Good afternoon. This is Jody at uh, Dakota Radio Group and Pier. Hey, Jody. I am uh, wondering the status of uh, Lake Oahe, uh in particular, of course, as far as uh, what we're looking at for the next few weeks. If we anticipate it's going to be able, the level is going to be able to go down at the, the reservoir pool, and then um, where are we at as far as um, uh, that, you know, one torrential rain starting to create a, a flooding situation here in, in the Oahe area? Joel, do you have the uh, projections? Yeah, we're we're showing that Oahe is going to uh, continue to um, fall through at least mid-month, and then it'll really kind of start maybe rising a little as we start taking water out of garrison, increasing the releases out of garrison, and, and those will come into Oahe. So we will probably start to see Oahe just come up a little bit, very slowly. Um, but you know, right now we're still we're still um, receding or going down, and so we are gaining storage as we go. So I go back to slide, the reservoir slides, right there. I believe Joel mentioned on slide 24 that the peak pool for each of the big three reservoirs was below the exclusive flood control zone. So in answer to your question about the torrential rain, which may come, we don't know. Right now, our, our reservoir studies are showing that we'll have the exclusive flood control available to all three of those, well, all four of those reservoirs. That was Kevin Grody. Any other Thank questions, you. Grody? No, I think that'll do it. Thank you. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, any national press on the on the line? Star six to unmute your phone. Okay, last call. Any questions before we dismiss? Star six to unmute. Okay. As a reminder, the next call is scheduled for one PM Central Time, Thursday, June sixth, and we appreciate your participation today. Thank you.